Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church to make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. Two more weeks in this place. Wow. We always get together around that door every morning when we come and we pray with staff and just seeing all these chairs already removed. And it just brought me back a long time ago, 22 years ago, when we just got into this place. And I was just a kid, and I remember we didn't have these chairs. We used to use pews back then, go figure. Pews and chairs, foldable chairs. And I remember that this place used to be a basketball court when we got in here. To see it start to look like when we got here, it was just, wow, so many things happened in 22 years. How many of you guys came to know the Lord in this place? Raise your hand. Wow, look at that. 70% of you guys. It's amazing. We've had thousands, thousands, literally thousands of people come to know the Lord in this place, but we're getting ready for something better. We're closing a chapter and we're opening up a new one. So that's why I said, how many of you guys are excited for this new chapter? Touch the person next to you and tell them, God's going to use you and he's counting on you in this next chapter of JTP. So I want to speak to you today about a topic that I titled, I'm all the way up and staying. So I want you to touch the person that's close to you and tell them, I'm all the way up and I'm staying. And I saw that Fat Joe and his posse, they won a Grammy for a rap song of the year. Those are the lyrics, right? Lyrics go something like, nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Counting up this money. We ain't never sleeping. You got V12. I got 12 Vs. How are my rapping abilities? Good? Give me props? <laughs> well, I ain't a rapper. But let me tell you something about this type of up. The problem with this type of up is that it's a setup for something that's going to come crashing down. And I want to share what the Word of God says on how we can get all the way up and stay all the way up. You guys with me? Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 23, verse number 12, because God talks about this. You see, it wasn't Fat Joe that invented this. God wants you to be all the way up every single day of your life, 24-7, 365. It's no secret. You see, if you know the truth and... You know the truth if you read the Bible. Matthew 23, 12 says, And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. So let's read it again so it could sink in. You know, I know this is the third service, and some of you guys had a little too much to eat, and maybe it's a little hard to process. So let's, let's go at it again. It says, Whoever, any person, exalts him or herself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Here's what I got out of this when I was reading this this week. Regardless, you're going to have to go through humility. I'd rather be humble than humbled. I'd rather be humble myself than humbled by God. Because the Bible says that if I humble myself, and I'm a humble person, and we're going to get into that, what's humility? What is being humble? If I humble myself and I choose to do this, I choose to humble myself before God, then what's my end result? I'm going to be all the way up. God's going to exalt me. How many say amen? amen? But if I think I'm all that, if I think, you know what, I don't need to go to church. I'm good. I have my own relationship with God. I worship God my own way. That, that's the problem. It's not about your way. 
It's about what God said in his word. Because you could be doing everything wrong and you could be exalting yourself and you know what, sooner or later, you're going to come crashing down. I thought it was crazy when I came here this morning and I heard my mom speaking about the same thing. At 11 o'clock, I'm like, did she just, what, the Holy Spirit, she sent the Holy Spirit to grab my notes or what's the deal? She preached about humility and about how we have to humble ourselves. I think that there's something that's connecting us. She didn't know what I was going to speak about. I didn't know what she was going to speak about. But tell the person next to you, tell them, I'd rather be humble than humbled. If I exalt myself, God will humble me. But if I humble myself, God will exalt me. Now, about this, I'm all the way up and exalting, you know, because sometimes that's our goal in mind. That's what we want to get at. We want to be up there. We want to be successful. But up is not a financial threshold. It's not a place that you arrive when you make a certain amount of money. And now I'm all the way up, right? Because I make this much money and this, this is how much I have in the bank and I'm living in this nice house. And it's not a financial threshold. Up is not even a popularity or success destination that you arrive. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm popular because I'm an athlete or I'm, pop, I'm popular because I do movies and people see my movies. And it's not about popularity. It's not about fame. It's not about finances. All the way up is a state of mind. It's a destination that you could only arrive and stay there through humility. God wants you to be up there. God, he actually created you to be blessed. How many say amen? He told Abraham, you're going to be blessed and you're going to be a blessing to others. I mean, I know that's my, that's my destiny. God didn't create me to be poor. God didn't create me to live off welfare. God created me to bless me and to be a blessing. I understand that. You have to know that as well because you're not an exception. God called every single person to be blessed. It's just a matter of whether you believe it. But the only way I could stay up and be blessed in this state of mind of all the way up is through humility. I read a story of this guy that he got promoted to be vice president of his company. This guy was super excited. He told his wife, I'm vice president. They gave me a huge race. They gave me a huge bonus. I'm VP. Come on. And he was super pumped. The problem was that this guy continued telling the whole world, the people that he knew, even the people that didn't care and that he didn't even know started telling everybody that he was VP, and it got to his head. The guy started thinking that he was better than everybody until his wife finally looked at him and said, hey, you know, Bob, being VP is not that much of a big deal. As a matter of fact, they even have VPs of the P department in Publix. So the guy was like, what? He was a little deflated. So Bob, he rang the local supermarket to find out if it was true, and he asked, can I speak to the vice president of P's, please? To which the reply came, a fresh or frozen? <laughs> Sometimes you think that you got it all figured out and you, you've gotten somewhere and you let that go to your head and you think you're above other people. But we just learned today that the way to get up and the way to be blessed and the way to have nothing lacking is through what? Come on, everybody. Humility. If you're all the way up because you're counting up this money and you ain't never sleeping, like the song says, and you're boasting and you're thinking you're all that, you're setting yourself up for a hard fall. You see, there's nothing up there to sustain you. Because you got up there. And sometimes the enemy works that way. And sometimes, you know, he allows certain things to happen, but it's not sustainable. You're on a platform that's easily coming down. You see, humility is a platform. It's a foundation upon which you stand. And it can come tumbling down because God himself built it. 
He says, when you stand on this platform of humility, then you'll be all the way up. You'll be blessed. I'm going to exalt you. And nobody can bring you down when I exalt you because who's stronger than God? Who's more powerful than God? So I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that if I get up, it's not going to be based on my efforts. It's not going to be me cheating people. It's not going to be based on me cheating on my taxes or trying to do things, hurting other people. It's humbling myself and understanding that I need God and that if God is for me, then no one could be against me. The Bible says I can do all things, but wait, through Christ. See, some people leave that part out and they say, oh, I could do everything. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's all in the mind. I could, I could do it. You know, I'm, I got everything it takes. No, without God, you're not going to be able to do anything. He said it himself, right? Aside from me, you can do nothing. But through me, you can do all things. Come on, touch somebody next to you and tell them you can do all things. But make sure that you keep that foundation in your life stable. It is through God. That foundation of humility is what's going to make sure that you stay humble. And that platform can never be brought down by no one and nobody because God himself built it. I was reading a little bit about this, this term, humility, that we use a lot here in church, but sometimes we don't know how profound this statement is or this word is. I found that one of the definitions of humility, according to Merriam-Webster, is freedom from pride and arrogance. And I don't know how many of you guys remember two weeks ago, Proverbs 8.13, we read, God hates pride and arrogance. And I'm like, that's crazy. So humility, when I'm humble, I am free from pride and arrogance. No wonder God wants us to be humble. God wants us to be with a humble heart, for God's heart to be pressed upon ours, to treat people kindly, etc. It also comes from, humility does, from the Latin word humilis, which means low. Everybody say low. Humility comes from the word low. It's not an unhealthy low. It's not a, I'm not confident, I have a low self-esteem type of low. It's a confident self-esteem, but with a willingness to place others before you. I'm confident enough. I know who I am in Christ. So if somebody comes and offended me, that's not going to distort who I think I am. I know who I am. I'm standing on the rock. Sometimes we let people's words or actions affect us and affect who we are. And when you understand that God called you to humility, you know what? It's a platform that no one can bring you down from. And no matter what other people do, look what it says in 1 Peter 5, 5. It talks a little bit about this as well. It's talking to the younger people. Where are the young people at? Any young people here? And they all said Amen. <laughs> Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Today, Apostle Stella preached a little bit about that, right? About putting on the clothing. I got, I got a visual, you know, about putting clothing on humility. Because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God, when you're proud, when you think you're all that, I don't need God. God resists the proud. You're repelling God when you have a proud way of being. I, I, I don't need God. I don't need of God. I don't, I don't need God's blessing. I could do it on my own. I don't need to pray because why am I going to pray? I could just, I'd rather go and take care of things because I'm a very a diligent person. Yeah, but you got to understand that there's certain things that you can't resolve. You need God. So that's pride when you tell God, look, I don't need this. 
But what does a humble person do? And a humble person recognizes that I can't walk out my door without God having my back. I don't know what's going to happen out there. Tomorrow morning when I wake up on Monday, I don't know what's going to happen. God, I need you to protect my family. Open doors for me, God. I might be in a tight situation right now financially or even in my health. I might be going through certain things that I can't resolve. But God, I'm going to walk out this door and I need you to open doors for me. I need you to put your hand. I need to see your favor over my life. Things that I'm not expecting. And when you start living that way, man, on a weekly basis, you're going to start seeing things that you cannot do in your own power just happen. Just because you humbled yourself. You see, if you humble yourself, God will take you all the way up. Humility is a great preserver of peace and order. In many places, in the church, it's a preserver of peace and order in marriage, in family, and even in society. Pride, on the other hand, is the great disturber. It's the cause of many dissensions and divisions. The word says that God gives grace to the humble. What is grace? Wisdom, faith, holiness, favor. Proverbs 22.4, some of you guys may remember, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor. You guys remember the third? Yeah, you're cheating. You're looking at the screens. By humility and the fear of God. We already spoke about the fear of God a couple of weeks ago. So now we're tackling humility. These two things together produces all the things that human beings desire. Riches, honor, and life. Problem is, a lot of people try to go different ways to get these things, and they try to do it on their own. But the Bible gives us a roadmap, not just to temporary riches, temporary honor, or temporary life. These are, we titled the message today, I'm all the way up, but I'm staying there. It's talking about perpetual riches, perpetual honor, and perpetual life. And they only come through the platforms of humility and the fear of the Lord. How many say amen? amen. I want to be able to share with you a testimony of a person that I admire a lot in the Bible. His name is Paul. And it's in the book of Acts chapter 20 because he was a person that we can learn from when it comes to humility. Acts chapter 20, we're going to read verse 17 all the way through 27. Amen. How many? Let me see if you have your Bibles. Put them on a high. It says, Paul called for the elders of the church. So here's Paul, amazing man of God, towards the end of his life, and he's calling all the people that have been, you know, helping him out, all the deacons, the pastors. He's calling them. And in verse 18, it says, when they had come to him, he said to them, you know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. I think it's, uh, it's important that our testimony is taken care of for those that are serving God and for those that are, you know, have been a Christian for a while. Your testimony is so important. And I love Paul here because he stands up and he says, well, he called all these people that have been with him for a long time. People that I've shared with him, that I've gone in missionary trips with him and that knew him inside out. He, they knew what he loved to eat. They knew, they knew all the things about him because they spend a lot of time together. And he says, you guys know in what manner I've lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. So Paul was a testimony, a consistent testimony of humility. I'm here to tell you, God is calling you to be a consistent testimony of humility 
to the people around you. Thank you for your amen. I mean, so much excitement in this place. God wants you to be a consistent testimony of humility to the people around you. What do people know about you? If they were to write something like this, or if you were to write something like Paul was writing here, can you say the same thing? You guys know how I've handled myself throughout these years that I've been with you guys, 10 years, 15 years that I've known you, or five years, or, or six months. And you guys know that I've always been a person of humility. I've always done the right thing. He was a consistent testimony of humility. And if you read correctly, you saw that his own people, the Jews, plotted against him. So he was a person that was consistent in his humility despite the tears. And despite, what else does it say? The many tears and trials. Because it's easy to be humble when you're hanging around people that know the Lord and they do the right thing, right? And they bless you when it's your birthday, right? And they're encouraging all the time. But when you got people that cause tears, that even make you think, why in the world am I even giving an HOB? I'm giving my time. I'm helping build leaders. I'm helping, you know, I'm opening my house to teach the word of God to people. And people don't even, you know, they don't, they're not grateful for this. I mean, I'm not going to do this anymore. Well, Paul says that he was with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Now, the Jews were his people. The Jews were his people. So that's, that's a whole different connotation right there. It hurts more when it's the people closer to you that are plotting against you. The more time you spend with people getting to know them, the more you expect from them. You get to know people, right? You give them love. You expect love back. If you get flicked off by someone in the street, because, I don't know, it's like, it's no big deal, whatever. Miami happens all the time, right? Palmetto Expressway. But your best friend hitting on your wife or your BFF throwing shade behind your back, that hurts. So you see, we, we read the Bible sometimes. We read the Bible so fast, and we assume these people didn't go through the same issues that we go through. You think now Paul was an angel, right? He had wings, and, and whenever things got heated down here, he would just go up to heaven and just chill with Jesus and the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Didn't happen that way. These people went through serious situations, but they kept their testimony. And now we read about this so that we could imitate what Paul did and how he responded and how he handled himself around people that were backstabbing him. His own people plotting against them by the Jews. Many tears and trials, but he still served the Lord with all humility. How many say amen? Sometimes we think that there was no backstabbing back in B.C. These people went through some serious stuff. But look how he responded. Verse number 20. He continues writing, because this is a letter that he's writing, and he says, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. So he taught publicly, and he also taught in the houses. Paul had an HOB, many HOBs. So this is what I love. He was a humble person. He was serving God. Here's where we go wrong sometimes. We expect people to have or to accept what we're doing in a gracious way, and sometimes that doesn't work out. As a pastor, I can tell you stories of people 
that have talked bad about my parents, that have talked bad about me. If they did it for Jesus, come on, they're going to talk bad about you too. Right? You think people are going to just applaud you? Serving God is not always so easy because people are, they're work in progress. Some people don't have revelation. They're not at the level where you are. They don't understand the spiritual things. Some people come to church. They sit down. When we pick up the offering, they're like, oh, my gosh, I wonder, I wonder what the pastors are doing. They're probably putting it in their pocket, right? And, and they start thinking because they don't know. They don't understand that to be great in the kingdom of God or to be able to be prospered by God, you have to sow because they haven't understood. And sometimes we expect people to be at our level, but they're not. But how amazing, talking about humility today, and talking about being all the way up and staying there, how incredible is Paul's testimony? This is a person that we have to imitate. This is a person that he was humble enough to say, look, I've walked with all humility despite the trials, despite the tears, even from my own people that betrayed me. But even then, with all that that they've done to me, I kept nothing back that was helpful. Every time somebody needed help, I helped. Every time somebody needed advice, I went ahead and I gave them advice. If somebody needed me to help them out doing something, I went ahead and I did it. I kept nothing back that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house. He didn't allow what other people were doing to stop his calling. It's funny, but the devil sometimes uses people to try to get you off course. Sometimes he uses people that are really close to you, like Paul's case, his own flesh and blood, his own people. Sometimes he'll use your family member. He'll use a person in church. Say, well, this guy calls himself a Christian. This is, I'm out of here, man. I don't want to. And, and, and sometimes you get discouraged and you realize that it's the enemy using that person to get you out of the calling that God has for your life. How many of you guys know that God has called you? That he has a huge calling for your life, greater than anything that you've ever dreamed? Of course, it's in the Bible. From before the foundation of the world, God has called you for great things. And the only way you can connect to accomplish that calling is by connecting, speaking to God and letting God give you revelation with respect to where he's wanting to take you and what he wants to do through you. We have the enemy trying to get in the way of our calling, but Paul knew about this and he didn't let that happen. Despite everything they did, I kept nothing back that was helpful. I procured it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. He didn't punish this one for what the other one had done. We go through situations in our life where we're hurt. Relationships, young ladies that they were hurt by a guy. Guy dumped her, treated her bad. The next boyfriend pays the price for this one. He was all good. And this guy would have made you happy, but because you weren't healed of what this guy did to you, you made the other one pay for what this one did. And Paul could have done that. Paul could have had his heart all calloused up he could have had a, a heart full of bitterness because of all the things his people did. But man, it's so important that your heart is always humble. How many say amen? We're talking about humility. You guys on the same page with me today? Heart, you can't allow your heart to harden. Amen? Jesus was on the cross, whipped, and they, were, they grabbed a spear and stuck it through his side. The Bible says that water and blood came out. That's, that's a condition that happens when a heart explodes. They pierced his heart, his lungs, and all Jesus could say is, forgive them, God, for they don't know what they do. You got to be really humble. The Bible says that he humbled himself to the end. Just the mere fact of God making himself man to come here 
and suffer all these things that we suffer here, coming from a perfect world, and all of a sudden having to go through rejection. I'm sure there's, there's no cold in heaven, always perfect temperature. There's no sickness. There's no illness. And all of a sudden, he comes and he makes himself a man. And being a man, he gets beaten down by man and crucified like if he was a murderer and he did it for you and me. But the Bible says that that's not, that's not the end of the story. You see, when you humble yourself to the lowest, God exalts you to the highest. And because he died for humanity, now he is sitting at the throne of God. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And today we've come to praise him. Can somebody give him praise in this place? So Jesus being the perfect example of somebody that is humble and that laid his life down for the good of others, Paul continues on. And Paul said, if Jesus did this for me, how many of you guys remember what Paul was before he gave his life to Jesus and he had that encounter with Jesus? He used to kill Christians. He used to go from city to city, grab people from their homes and stick them in jail or give an order to have them executed or eaten by lions in the Colosseum. This was Paul. And all of a sudden, he was going from one city to another when he was on his horse. And all of a sudden, this bright light that shone brighter than the sun knocked him out of his horse and spoke to him and told him, Paul, what are you doing? And Paul was freaked out. And he's like, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. And from that minute on, he changed his life and became the greatest advocate for Christianity in the first century. Just like God did in your life. I don't know what you were thinking about Christianity before, but Jesus one day came to your life, and he's called you now, and he changed your life around, and it's with a purpose so that you could be an advocate for Christianity as well. Come on, put your hands together and give God some praise. <laughs> HOB leaders, if you help someone get back on their feet, you taught them the word, you took time to disciple them, and they didn't appreciate it, and they loved, didn't even say bye, don't make the next person pay. Don't say, you know what? I'm not going to keep on doing what God called me to do. No. You got to keep nothing back. Come on, tell the person next to you, keep nothing back. That's what Paul's saying. How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. And then verse 21, testifying to who? To the Jews. Weren't the Jews the ones that backstabbed him? His own people that plotted against them? He didn't make them pay for what others did. He still continued to testify and to preach Jesus to the Jews. And not just to the Jews, to the Greeks. He taught repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 22, and see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. I love this term because he belonged to God. He did what God wanted him to do. I was bound in the spirit, right? I was bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city. Now, listen, sometimes we love when the Holy Spirit testifies on our behalf for good things that are going to happen. Sometimes the Holy Spirit testifies and he gives you the conviction that, man, you're going to get a better job. Don't worry, you may be tight now, but God's working something out and you have that faith, and right? But look what the Holy Spirit was testifying in every city for Paul, saying that chains and tribulations away from me. He's like, all right, Paul, the Holy Spirit was telling Paul, Paul, get ready. You got to go to this and this city to preach the gospel to the Jews and get ready because chains and tribulations are waiting. But none of these things move me. 
this could only happen when you have a humble, submitted heart. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. When I read that, I'm like, wait a second. So you mean to tell me that you're serving God, you're getting backstabbed, you have tears, you have trials, and then you're still serving God to those people that are backstabbing you, and the Holy Spirit is telling you, get ready, because there's going to be all these things, there's going to be change, there's going to be tribulations, and still you have joy? You see, being all the way up has nothing to do with how much money you got in the bank. That's why we got so many rich people committing suicide. It has nothing to do with how popular you are or how much power you have. It's about a humble heart. How many say amen? None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. This is powerful, people. This is powerful stuff. Tell somebody that's close to you, it's not about me. Put your hand over them and say, it's not about you either. If you preach good, it's not so people could applaud you. If you sing or play good, it's not so your little videos can go viral and people can come to know you. Would you still preach with the same fire if you knew there were people outside the building plotting to lock you up and still remain joyful behind bars? Ooh, not a lot of amens tonight. Would you sing and lift your voice and play your instrument with the same passion if you knew chains and whips were waiting for you? You see, it's not about you. Paul said, all these things don't move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in prosperity. I believe that the Bible says that if I have a humble heart, God will exalt me. I believe that God is my most secure way to prosperity, to blessing, to health. I believe that God is going to bless me so much that he's going to allow me to leave an inheritance for my children and even the children of my children. I believe that. It's in the Bible, and I believe it. God is a God that blesses. But, man, you have to have a humble heart and be able to do whatever God tells you to do, even if people don't appreciate it. One of the things that we need to pray more for is humility. But how many of you guys, when you have your prayer time, your devotional time in the morning or the afternoon, whenever you guys have it, how many of you guys really pray and say, God, make me more humble. Make me more like you. I don't ever want to get to a place where I exalt myself because sometimes you don't even realize what you're doing. You have to wait until somebody else tells you, hey, get down from that platform. All right? You're not all that. <laughs> sometimes it's God telling you that. We don't realize it, and we have to pray for this. I want to finish sharing four things that humility will impact in your life. Humility will impact your entire life. But specifically four things, and I want to finish off with this. Number one, humility will completely change your relationships. When you're humble, your relationships are going to change. Why? Because when you're humble, you're going to ask for forgiveness. Today we had an amazing service here, and we had the Apostle Stella talking about how bitterness, you know, really messes you up. And you don't realize it, but you're the one that's being affected. When you hate someone and when you don't forgive someone, it's the same thing as drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It doesn't make any sense. And that's what happens with bitterness. The other person probably doesn't even know or remember what they did to you, but you're the one that, I can't stand it. Your life is a bitter pill. 
You're the one that's paying that. Why not forgive? And that's what humility does. When you're a humble person and when you allow God to humble and give you his heart, a humble heart, people offend you and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to be carrying this. Not for a year, not for a month, not for a week, not even for a day. I'll go to that person if they offended me. And I'll say, you know what? What you did really hurt me. But because I don't want to keep this in my heart, I forgive you. Whether that person wants to accept forgiveness or if that person, because they offended me, wants to forgive me, that's their problem. But I want to make sure that my heart is right, my heart is humble, because I want to finish that conversation and I want to walk to the parking lot or wherever I am and just enjoy the freedom and be focused in what God has called me and not have to deal with bitterness. And if I see that person in the mall, that's it. My day has gone astray. So everybody say humility changes your relationships. When you have a humble heart, your relationships are impacted. You ask for forgiveness when you offend. Be the better person. Mend situations. Initiate communications during misunderstandings. Sometimes nobody offended. It was just a misunderstanding. But he's over there and she's over here and they're both like, rah, rah, talking, right? And it's like, man, just initiate a conversation, you know, talk face to face and bury it. How many say amen? Humility will completely change your relationships. Number two, humility will completely change how you pray. Humility will completely change how you pray. To be humble is to recognize gratefully our dependence of the Lord. When you have a humble heart, you don't dare to not start your day off with prayer because you realize you, you are grateful and you understand how good God's been with you. You have a better perspective of how great God has been. It's not just words on a song that we sing from a screen. It's something that I've lived. God's been good. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have salvation. If it wasn't for him, I don't know what would be of my life. To be humble is to recognize gratefully our dependence of the Lord, on the Lord. To understand that we have constant need for his support. How many of you guys understand that you need a Monday you need them Tuesday, you need them Wednesday, and you can't forget to pray Thursday because you need them Thursday as well. You need them even when you're on vacation. Some people think that, oh, I don't need to pray because I'm on vacation. No, you need them. You need them to protect you. Number three, humility will completely change how you serve. Humility is an acknowledgement that your talents and abilities are gifts from God. You understand that if I have anything good, it was given to me by the Father of lights. If I have a talent to play an instrument, it was given to me by God. If I have a talent to speak, given to me by God. If I have a talent to smile and change people's day just because I smiled at them, because you have a million-dollar smile, it's given by God. Thank you, God. It changes how you serve. And last but not least, and listen to me, JTP Church, ultimate evidence of humility Ultimate evidence of humility. You want to look at somebody and see if they're humble? Humility will completely change how you witness to others about Jesus. Because you realize that after all God has given or forgiven you for, and how good he has been in giving you salvation and everlasting life, the last thing you can do is stay silent about it and keep it to yourself. You want to shout it from the rooftops. And that's what we saw in Paul. Paul says, these people, they did me wrong. I was preaching to them. I was sharing a good message. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news, right? It's good news. 
It's good news of salvation. Jesus came. He paid our price. I should have been nailed to the cross because of my sins, because I'm a messed up person. But he took my place, and he died for my sins. I'm eternally grateful for that. Jesus did all this for me. Paul's preaching the message, the good news message, but they didn't receive the good news. And the Jews started plotting against them, and they wanted to lock them up. They started saying, this guy's crazy. This guy's preaching about Jesus, which they even thought that Jesus was a blasphemer. Heck, the Jews were the one who crucified Jesus. They were the ones who were saying, crucify him, crucify him. And the Romans executed it. Pontius Pilate was the one who gave the order, but it was because of the Jews. So the Jews betrayed Jesus, their Savior, who came to save them. Paul, preaching to the Jews, now he's full of tears and tribulations because they wouldn't accept it, but he continued and he pressed on. And he says, look, I never held anything back. It didn't matter how many times you guys betrayed me, how many times I got locked up, how many times I got whipped, how many times I was betrayed. What I'm focused in is making sure I fulfill my ministry, making sure I do what God called me to do and that I don't lose my joy. There's so many people here. You're not being whipped. You don't cry for people backstabbing you, but still you have no joy. You got money, you got a car with AC, you don't even have to worry about sweating when you come to church. You got so many things good here in America, and you still don't have joy. I see sometimes young people fooled by the enemy. A life, so, so much potential. Young, beautiful young ladies, good-looking young men, and they're just opening their ears to the lie of the enemy that they're worthless. And you hear that they commit suicide, and I'm like, how in the world? And Paul, with all these things happening, he has joy. Let me tell you, only God can do something like that. And this is the beauty about Jesus Christ, that he promises peace, everlasting peace, not like the one that this world offers. Peace that endures. You can be going through trials, but still have peace. You can be going through trials, and you can have tears in your eyes for people that are not grateful for what you're doing for them in ministry, but you still have peace peace and you still have joy and you still have strength to continue going on and the next person you see around the corner your heart is not calloused enough to be able to tell them hey jesus love you and start all over from scratch because you know what some people are not gonna appreciate what you do but for every 12 disciples there's one judas but there's 11 good ones and it's worth right doing ministry and making sure that you do what god called you to do amen stand on your feet let me ask you something How's your joy situation? How's your joy situation? How's your peace situation going? You got a lot of stuff going on in your life. You know what? Your peace should never be determined by the things that are happening in your life, whether good or bad. You see, the kind of peace that God gives when you have a humble heart and you recognize that you're a dependent person and you need of God, you could be going through hell and beyond. But there's just something when you have a relationship with God and a humble heart that no matter what you're going through, you just know that God is with you because that's what he promised in the Bible. He said, it doesn't matter what happens, I will never, ever leave you. God said that over your life and your life and your life and your life and your life. It doesn't matter what you're going through, I will never leave you. Sometimes we are the one that want to leave. And we don't give God time to console us and to tell us how important we are for him because we don't have time to pray. Because we're just so busy doing all these things and going to work and doing, we don't have time to stop and listen to God and, and have revelation. How many of you believe God speaks today? 
He still speaks and he still encourages and he still gives you a clear path to where he wants to take you. And in the process of getting to where God wants to take you, you could do the whole process with peace and with joy. There's only one way to get all the way up and to stay up, and it's through humility. You could either humble yourself or be humbled. If you exalt yourself, if you get to a point in your life where your actions, maybe not your words, but your actions say, I don't need God, then that's when pride is starting to take root in your heart and you're starting to exalt yourself. The fall's going to be great. I've seen so many people start off right coming to church. I've seen God set drug addicts free. There was this one guy a long time ago. His name was Jesus. None of you guys remember him. I'm talking about 20, 25 years ago. This guy, he was a youth leader. He was in the Latin Kings in Chicago. He came over here because they killed his friend and they were wanting to kill him. And he comes here and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. He was Cuban, blonde, six foot four, huge guy. And God started using this man. He used to translate for my dad. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, started using him in a powerful way. Young people started converting because he was anointed by God. He got married, and all of a sudden, he started losing sight. He started thinking he didn't need that much of God. And one day, he was already married, part of the ministry. We would have radio programs at midnight back then. This is when the church was starting to grow. We had radio programs at 12 midnight in an AM station. I don't remember which one. He was coming back from doing the radio station, and he passed by Biscayne and just picked up a hooker, a prostitute. And he just slept with her, had a few beers, got drunk. His wife called my dad desperately. I don't know where my husband is. Next morning, my father went to speak to him and say, hey, what happened? It's just like it's another man. He told my father, why can I drink a beer? Why can I do what I want to do? And it's like it's another person. Sometimes we don't realize it. And we don't verbalize it, but we think we got everything under control. We've, we've gotten into this cruise control that we think we got everything handled and we don't need God. And when we do that, you know what God does? God respects us, but he pulls away. Does you got this? Go ahead. And I've seen people just get from up here and just go all the way and hit rock bottom. This guy, he lost his marriage. He went back to Chicago. He rejoined the gang. And he got locked up for life. So much potential. Fill the Holy Spirit. A huge plan. But sometimes, you see, when you don't understand that God has a purpose for you, and when you walk and you think that you don't need God in your life, you got to be careful with that. Because you could fall from up here and fall all the way to the bottom. The good thing about God is that God is a God that restores. And God is a God that picks up. If you want to Tell God today, God, give me a humble heart. I promise God that I'm going to work with my humility. Make me humble. And from now on, I'm going to actually pray about this so that God could give me a humble heart because I don't want to be so proud and so arrogant that you have to cut me off. On the contrary, I want to humble myself so that you could exalt me. And if that's you, if you want to ask God for a humble heart, raise your hand. God's going to see it. It's not about whether I see it or not. God is looking. If you want to tell God, God, give me a humble heart. Don't ever let me lose sight of who I was and what you've done for me and of what my calling is. And 
Keep me humble, God, because I want to make sure that I'm in the perfect position so that when due time comes, like the Bible says, that you will be able to exalt me.